It is time that we do something new. Joe Ovius and Joe Gillian. By doing something new, I mean doing something old, but we're bringing it back so it's basically new. Here we go. Oh my god. Technology. Did I do it? Did I really do it? Did I get rid of the echo? Talk for me one second, Anthony, please. Hello. How are we? Oh my gosh. I might have done it. It's the OG. I'm Joe Gillio. I am so proud of myself. I was so disappointed yesterday. I went immediately to a, a, a store. It's not a sponsor, so I'm not going to say their name, but I went. I tried to solve some of our audio problems. I think I did. I think I did. We're here at the Efort Studios. Thanks to our friends at Empire Eats. Anthony Guerra, the czar of Oakwood Pizza Box, back for day two. I think now complete with without technological problems. Maybe. Fingers crossed. I thought the echo was kind of an interesting. It was an interesting <laughs> approach to, to podcasting. It was, it was I think nice it's wrinkle. not been done. Uh, I don't think it's been done. Is okay. anyone doing that right now? Is anyone on that? I don't know. I don't know. The content was good yesterday. The quality was slightly off. I'm not going to lie to you. I called you from the parking lot of the store, and I'm like, it sounds terrible. I don't know what I did wrong, but I think I fixed it. So I'm feeling good about that. And I told my wife, and she because she was like, "Oh, did it get released? Like, I want to listen to it." And I was like, oh, "I think Joe told me he's not. I think it's going to get canned. I don't think it's real." But then Twitter told me it was real. Twitter said it was real, and it was good. It was real and spectacular. So let's get back to it because the news of the day today. And I was ready to come in here, flaming hot takes for you today. I was ready to give you my my best, you know, Francesa today about oh, I'm Rod Brindamore I'm not making the Hockey Hall of Fame. So I, I heard the news yesterday. Shout out to, again, Empire Eats was over at the Raleigh Times. My mom turned 80. My mom and dad turned 80 this year. So uh, my mom volunteers down at Marbles, the, the kids museum downtown. So occasionally their crew will come to my parents' house. Well, we decided to do it at the Raleigh Times. They came over there yesterday. A lot of her friends, big shouts to all of them. That's a, that's a great group that has helped keep her young at 80. When we're 80, if we get to 80... I won't if, if your genes are like mine, I'm not sure we will. Um, but if we get to 80, I hope we have a group of people in their 30s and 40s and 20s who keep us young the same way the Marbles crew does for Nora. Nora's the best. So we're we're getting in, we're, you know, we're hanging out, and then all of a sudden, this one of my one of her one of the Marbles people goes, "Hey, did you see that Brendan Moore didn't get in the Hall of Fame?" And I'm like, "Wait, what? He didn't?" And I was all ready to be hot about this, and then by the time I got home. Because I've had I've had hot takes on this about politics, about Ron Francis being on the board, about really this is about maybe this some sort of anti Keynes bias here. They're not in Canada. People don't like that this this franchise has had success as quickly as has as it has had success. But here's the truth of the matter: I went home and I read the story on ESPN about the group of players that made the Hall of Fame, and I read a little bit about the process of making the Hall of Fame. Now. I'm going to let you unleash in a second, but because I could see your face. No, no, no. I, I, what all I'm going to say is I, I'm not the biggest hockey guy, but I'm going to ask you, is he a Hall of Famer? I believe that Rod Brendamore is a Hall of Famer. I believe that Rod Brendamore belongs in the Hall of Fame. I do think there is a political portion of this process. And when I say that, Ron Francis was uh, one of his teammates with the Carolina Hurricanes. They played together. And then when Ron Francis was the GM, Rod was one of the assistant coaches, a player and an assistant coach. When ultimately Rod became the head coach, he was elevated by Tom Dundon. I don't think Tom made the cleanest break in the history of sports 
with Ron. Okay. And I can understand Ron's having an ax to grind with Tom Dundon. I can't ha- understand him having an ax to grind with his former teammate, Rod Brindamore. All of that said, I believe Rod Brindamore eventually will be in the Hall of Fame. And this is why I say that. I went home, I read the ESPN story, and it was our friend Greg Wyshynski who wrote the story. And I'm reading about the players who were inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I looked at it, and Tom Barrasso, uh, Penguins goalie, actually is a good friend of Ron Francis's, believe it or not. Um, but he helped the Penguins win two cups. He did play for the Canes eventually, right? But he got in, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's really cool. Uh, he he was the um, NHL's best goalie in one of the years that he played in Buffalo. Cool. He's 20th all times and wins. Cool. Here's the part that stuck out to me from Greg Wyshynski's story. Barrasso has been eligible for the Hall of Fame since 2006. That's 17 years by my math that he had to wait. One of the other goalies that got in was Mike Vernon. Okay, Mike Vernon actually ended up also winning two cups. Now, this is important, Anthony, because while Rod led the Canes to a cup, we are talking about the Hall of Fame, and it does seem to be multiple cup winners. Now, I I realize Pierre Turgeon's about to be screaming at me, but you look at Mike Vernon, Here's the other part. And he helped the Flames win one. He helped the Red Wings win one. Pretty much you or I could have played goalie for the Red Wings and won, but that's not that's not important right now. Eligible since 05. That's an 18-year wait. Okay. I think what... And then I was starting to read about the process. Well, how do you get into the Hall of Fame? You have to be elected by 75% of the 18 members who vote. And here again is Wyshynski's story. The selection committee consists of 18 individuals appointed by the board of directors of the Hall of Fame. Among the current members are former players Mike Gardner, Ron Francis, Cami Granado, Igor Larionov, and then hockey executives such as Brian Burke, Mark Chipman, Dave, I'm going to screw up his name, Poulet maybe, and the media members like Bob McKenzie, okay? Well, first of all, I'm thinking, and you have to be nominated by one of those members. You can't just be, they don't just bring your name in and say, okay, we're voting on Ryan Bredmore. Like someone on the group has to present, okay? That's number one. Number two, 75% of 18. You're a math guy. What is 75% of 18? Come on. It's 13 13 and a half. It's 13 and a half. Okay. So are there half people on this membership? Like, first of all, your math is screwed up that you're, you're, you're basically, so you're saying all but 14, all but four of the people in that room have to say you're a Hall of Famer. And this is where we get into the debate, okay? Because while I think Rod Brindamore is a Hall of Famer and I understand his career and I have followed his career, and I understand who the person is, and I understand what his what his value was as a two way player. The the eighteen people in that room probably don't. Not all eighteen of them. Why is it eighteen people? Again, this is part of the problem. That's way too many people, I think, in my opinion. And then you have a screwed up formula: thirteen and a half. So it's either thirteen, which would not be seventy five percent, or fourteen, which again would be more than seventy five percent. So I think the formula is screwed up. But I I would say this in defense of those people. Rod Brindamore is not a no-brainer Hall of Famer. Okay? Rod like so Henrik Lundqvist got in on the on his first try. And what what hockey does is they only have a 3-year waiting period before you're eligible. So Lundqvist it was a no is and was a no-brain Hall of Famer. So he gets elected on his first try. So I think what's happening is every year there's probably one or two of those players where there's a no-brainer, and then they get in. And then that pushes other people down the queue. 
But as you see with Vernon and Barrasso, now Barrasso in particular is a great example because he really is really good friends with Ron Francis. So you can't sit here and tell me that politics isn't part of this process. Can we get him on the podcast? Can Ron we get Francis? I want, I, Ron tried. I, I want Ron. I want him on here right now. I want Francis. I want to ask him. Let's, get, tried, let's get into him. I tried just to get any interview with him last year during the season. Last year or the first year with Seattle. And I was rebuffed. Backstory there is when I, I covered the Canes when he was playing for the Canes. Oh, 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 one, oh, two, those years. And I had a good relationship with Ron to the point where I helped him make his NFL picks in their team in the locker room. Like they had a pool each week for the NFL and Joe, I helped him each week. Joe, are you breaking that they were gambling in the locker room? Isn't <laughs> well, that a problem? Well, I mean, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't know the amounts, uh, but we got to scrub that so off. I had, a, I had a good relationship as good as you can have between uh, somebody who covers the team and, well, and did you give randomly him, wait, covers wait, 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 the team? I helped him. Did yes. you give him winners? Give winners. You yes. give him winners? Yes. Because hang on one second. We, yeah, I, <laughs> to the point where Mario Lemieux, the time I met Mario Lemieux, was like, I know you. You're the guy who helps Ronnie with his football picks. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I, I, I bring this up because obviously politics is a part of this. And we'll talk a little bit about this when we talk about Mac Brown. But isn't everything a people business? Everything. Right? Like, you're you're I mean, selling or you're buying. Yeah. So I, I, but I don't, I don't want to completely chalk up yesterday's vote to that. Even though we have the Barrasso piece of this, I think the bigger piece of this is looking at the weight and the player that everyone brings up that wants to compare Rod Brindamore himself to as the player is Guy Carboneau. And again, I'll get back to Carboneau because of this reason. He helped three different teams win the cup. Okay. So if you're a marginal, um, a marginal Hall of Famer. Okay, you're on the margins. You're not a no-brain Wayne Gretzky. You're not a first ballot Hall of Famer. You have to have something else going for you. Rod Brendamore did win a Selkie Trophy. He did lead a team to a Stanley Cup championship. He did lead three different teams to the Stanley Cup finals. Or he was part of three different teams that made the Stanley Cup finals. Those are all high-quality things. By lead, are you saying bus driver? Or are you saying he was on the He squad? was the bus driver in 06. Okay. In 97 with the Flyers... Season to taste, everyone will say, well, John LeClaire, well, Eric Lindros. But if you look at the actual playoffs, that's, okay. and that's where I really get irritated about the Brindamore conversation. We're waiting for Sebastian Ajo. We're waiting for Andre Svechnikov to assert themselves in the postseason for the Hurricanes. That's what we're waiting for right now. That's what we want to see. Marty Natchez, we want to see them have this breakout playoffs. Rod Brindamore did that as a 19-year-old with St. Louis. Rod Brindamore did that with Philly when he helped them reach the cup finals in 97. Rod Brindamore did that with the Canes in 02 when he helped them reach the cup finals. And then Rod Brindamore was the bus driver in 06. And this gets back to a point that drives me crazy. Now, let me finish this point about Carboneau, though, because this is the player he's most compared to. The two-way player, a face-off specialist, penalty killer, you name it, doesn't have all the goals in the world, wasn't the greatest scorer in the world, but was a guy who helped his team win. Okay? Guy Carboneau, made the Hall of Fame in 2019. He was eligible in 03. So he waited 16 years. Brendan Moore's last year was 10, makes him eligible in 13. It's been 10 years for Roddy. I do think Roddy is going to get in. I think the hot take today is to get all mad, and I've been there before about Rod Brendan Moore not being in the Hall of Fame. All I'm saying to you is be patient. He's going to get in. It just didn't happen this time. Now... I'm not a patient guy in nature. Waiting for the world to come to me is not the way I approach this stuff. What I'm saying is, 
What is this process? This is insane. The process is stupid. It's and, insane. And that's fine. And I understand that. And that's where some of my anger comes from. That I feel like even if Ron Francis doesn't have an axe to grind with Rod Brendamore, he's obviously not being an advocate enough as somebody who is in that room, as somebody who does know him and who does some, who would know his value to a team winning. I think it's critical that we get Rod into the Hall of Fame. And I think it is in this room right now that we need to do something. I'm Obvious saying, let's and I get, want to buy a, a, a let, billboard in Toronto outside the Hall of Fame that just says, put Rod in cowards. Let's do that. Let's in. Let's go the nice way first. Let's see if we get Francis in. Let's see what he likes. Is he, uh, you know, oh, he's wine a big wine guy? guy. Yes. Big wine. Oh, great! He's right in my wheelhouse. Let's bring him into Pizza Box. Let's have make a pizza. We'll open up some Barolo. We'll talk about. We'll just have highlights playing on the TV, just of, of Rod's achievements. Just like just a highlight film. Just let it keep going. I don't think he needs them, to be perfectly honest with you. I think he knows. We need but to again, remind him gently. But again, I want to take the, pol- the political portion of this out of this today and just say Rod Brindamore is going to get into the Hall of Fame. It just didn't happen yesterday. It's been 10 years. What again, year is it going in? Come on, let's well, go right again, now. You, Put it you, on the if tape. you got Tommy the B right now, 17 years. Vernon was 18 years. And Carboneau was 19 years. So if he's on the Carboneau Express, he's got nine more years. Not we got nine more shows we can do in our <laughs> career. He's got till thirty-two. Oh God, twenty thirty-two. I don't know if I live that long. I can't I, wait that long. He's a Hall of Famer. Put him in. I don't know if I will either. But again, I will just say to you, Hurricanes fans, and and Rod Brindamore has been spectacular to us. Cannot lie. Obviously, we have a personal bias here in Raleigh. But I would just say to you, he will be in the Hall of Fame. We just have to show. A little bit of patience. I don't want to show patience. Get him in the Hall of Fame. Let's get it done. Housekeeping. The voters for the Hockey Hall of Fame are being pests when it comes to Rod Brendamore's enshrinement. I know who can help Rod get into the Hall of Fame. Get rid of those pests. Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. Hayes Lancaster and his crew can help you out no matter what you got. Ants, termites, mice, moisture, you name it. Find them at bugsbite.com, or you can call them at 919-807-1951. They're also on the Twitters at NC. If you're in Wilmington, did you know that you don't have to leave the beach to run a great business? Check out the Network for Entrepreneurs in Wilmington. They're at newilm.com. Jim Roberts' independent nonprofit support organization helps entrepreneurs with sales marketing, mentor options, and investor pitch training. New was named the number one startup ecosystem in the country for cities with fewer than 300,000 people. The Network for Entrepreneurs in Wilmington, where the river of innovation meets an ocean of possibilities. Move on. All right, the NBA draft is tonight. As we all know, Victor Wembanyama is going to be the number one overall pick. The now, enlightened Victor. The en- totally enlightened. Uh, in this universe, he is free. So at number two, though, there is some intrigue as to what the Charlotte Hornets are actually going to do. You have this transition at the ownership level, but it's been reported that Michael Jordan, the current owner, or, you know, as we, as he gets ready to sell the team and cash out, I don't know if you saw the thread on Twitter yesterday, he basically had an initial $20 million investment that he's now going to make more money off of this deal in one, in whatever his ownership span was than the entirety of his Nike deal. It's insane. That's bonkers. That's absolutely bonkers. 
Um, so yeah, the next time you're like, oh, Michael Jordan was a terrible owner. Uh, maybe, but he knew what, he knew how to turn a dollar. I will absolutely tell you that. But they have the second pick in the draft. And the question is, well, what are they going to do with the second pick in the draft? And at first, everyone was like, well, it's going to be uh, Scoot Henderson. And I get, I get it. Big wing, athletic, can go. Uh, the one showcase we saw where he was playing against Wembenyama's team in Las Vegas, there was, I mean, he showed out. I was totally impressed. The reports are of late, though. Well, the, then the reporting was, okay, it's going to be Brandon Miller, who was the most talented player in college basketball last year. Problematic legal issues. He was at least tangentially involved of, of a murder that was committed by his teammate. Okay. I know. I get it. We, we went over that a little bit yesterday. I'm not trying to yada yada that part, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to get to this part now where Brandon Miller was interviewed in New York ahead of the draft. This is on Sirius XM. I'm going to give this to you. And I just, I, I have some notes jotted down about what he said, Whew. but my central question to you, I'll ask you before the clip is played. Is this more likely? Are you more likely to draft Brandon Miller after this or after seeing this? Are you like, there is no way on God's green earth I am ever going to draft this guy. So let me see if I can get this to work because you know here on this program when we don't have Joe Obvious, it's a little bit of a struggle bus for me. So let's go share. All right, let's see what we got here. Definitely, I, I definitely take pride on the defensive side. I think that that could play a big part in just winning ball games at, in Charlotte. Um, and I can say working out in front of Michael Jordan, I think I think all people would think I would be pressured because you know, of course, he's Michael Jordan. But Michael Jordan was never the guy I grew up watching. Um, kind of grew up watching Paul George, so I think. Michael- okay, pause. <laughs> Michael Jordan was never the guy I grew up watching. Paul George. Brandon Miller was born in 02. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Why he's choosing Paul George, I don't know. But, uh, okay, that was my first red flag. That was my first red flag, but let, let's let's let him continue. Michael Jordan was just a regular guy to me in the gym watching me work out. Um, so, I mean, it was definitely cool to meet him. Uh, he definitely sounds like how he sounds on TV. I got to pause again. Michael Jordan was just a regular guy in the gym watching me work out. Come on. Stop lying. <laughs> Stop lying. He's no got like way. a little like smirk on his face too. No. If you've not seen the video, it's kind of, uh, yeah, he's a regular dude. Just watching me work out. And I bet you, I'll bet anybody any amount of money. If we pan down to his, we see Shoes. the sweatshirt. If we pan <laughs> down to the sneakers, they're either Jordan or Nike, probably because of that regular guy watching the regular guy in a gym. All right, let's continue. Always trash talking. So I just really had a fun time with him. But you also mentioned within that that he's just like he is on TV. He's talking trash. So that what did he say to you? Uh, he, he told me I was just a shooter, <laughs> just shooting threes. Uh, so I mean, nothing with him. I, I know I, I know my my talents and my abilities. Uh, can't really let Jordan get in your head. You know, it might make him feel good and make you feel bad. So uh, kind of talk some trash back to him. Mm-hmm. I witnessed him airball the free throw too. So wait, so always, Jordan airballed the yeah, free throw? I always, have that, I always have that up against him. How did he? Was he having a, a free throw? How did that happen? Was he having a contest with him? It's him just being old. Listen, Lavar Ball, calm down. You you better hope he sells the team, or you might uh, be on the bench there. Lace him up. Lace him up. <laughs> I definitely think I fit in great due to the fact. That they- okay. 
So uh, what do you think? He calls him old, which is trash talk, which I like. I think he might like. Yeah. And then he's like, lace him up. Let's go. I think he might like that too. Okay. But just a regular guy is the one that I'm still going back to. But come on. Now, Joe, is he trying to talk? Like, he's trying to act like because Jordan airballed a shot when they were just throwing a ball around and practicing a little bit. Like, what does that mean? That Paul George is really his goat? Like, that's his other main comment here is Paul George is his greatest of all time. What's happening? This team is going, you're going to draft this guy. Like, let's go forward and draft this guy. Look at the roster. You're going to have LaMelo, which is attached to LaVar Ball, in the same locker room as this guy. And then we're going to bring in, probably bring Bridges back after his year I, I suspension. Don't, I don't know what they're going to do with What Bridges. is this room? How do you control this? These kids that got, listen, I have become the old man on the, like, back in my day, right. when Michael Jordan ran the basketball courts. Listen. I mean, we, we Michael's can't, Michael. Calm I down. know, but we can't fault him for being born after Jordan was playing. That's fine. Now, I, did he watch the documentary? Obviously not. No, he did. That's, and wasn't that the whole point of the documentary? But wasn't that the whole point? I As a Carolina the, guy, wasn't that the whole point of the documentary? The point of the doc was to uh, shade Scottie Pippen. No, no, sir. The point of the documentary, and it was they started filming it after LeBron went to Cleveland, went back to Cleveland and won his, won the title with the Cavaliers. Because at that point, there was some sentiment that LeBron was going to surpass Jordan. Don't ever underestimate Jordan's ego, ever. We certainly don't underestimate his competitive streak. He is, the uh, by all accounts, is the most competitive person ever. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Think about it. The documentary, the footage was filmed in 98. Okay. It was just sitting somewhere until LeBron wins the title with the Cavaliers. And people were like, wait a second. That might be equal to at least two of Jordan's titles. Listen, there's no doubt. Listen, I could see Jordan trying to lace it up and get out there on the court and try to play with these guys. How old is he now? 50? No, he's older. He's older. I'm almost 50. Oh, sh- All right. Well, <laughs> whatever. You're 50 years young. He's 50 years old. No. <laughs> hey, listen, those $2 billion he just made he's, off of selling I think he's the team. 60. He's not 60. Come on, he's not. I think he is. All right. Well, however old he's, I can still see him going out there being like, young fella, hey, I'm gonna 60. I'm gonna work, I'm gonna put you to work. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely think in his head he thinks he can beat anybody would in you, a one-on-one game. Would you draft Brandon Miller? If you were Michael Jordan, he was talking shit about you. Would you he called you old and he basically said, I don't know who you are, I know who Paul George is. Would you draft him? I'm drafting the best player available, I'm drafting the best fit available. I, this guy's, I, his take is so bad. I'm not drafting him though, because you, you, you automatically, you're not the best player available. This is a terrible take. Give I me want, Scoot Anderson. I, want I can't guys do who this. Can shoot. I want guys who can shoot. Absolutely. I but want this sh- take is terrible. This take is so Combi- bad. Now you combine it with the personality flaws. Absolutely. This is absolutely indicative of decision-making issues. You're in the final interview. You're in a final interview of a job that is a dream job. This is it. You have one day left. You get asked a layup question from the media, and you are smirking and happy to be saying the owner of your team airballed a free throw. If Mark Cuban, if Mark Cuban airballed a shot, I'm never telling anybody if I'm there. Mark, draft me, baby. Let me go play with Luca and let's move on. 
I don't care. If they ask, oh, did you play a one-on-one Mark Cuban? Yeah, he's great. He kicked my butt. Yeah, he was amazing. You got to see his jumper. I, whatever. Or who, like, J. Cole might be coming into ownership of of uh, for, of the, the Hornets team now, right? J. Cole might be a part of it. A hooper. A hooper, a local, a great supporter of Raleigh, friend of the program. But if they, oh, do you like J. Cole? Yeah, J. Cole's amazing. Whether I like him or not, he owns the team. Just, what are you, what are you doing? You're not going to be better than Jordan. Nobody's ever going to say, oh, you know who the best three of all time are? Michael Jordan, LeBron, and Brandon Miller. It's never going to happen. It ain't coming. Just calm down. Chill out. So the other reporting this week, and, and that's picked up steam lately, is that the Hornets are trying to move that pick. If you were the Hornets, and I don't think it's a one. Uh, now, there is a, there is a, it does seem like there is a bona fide superstar in Wembenyama. We both have concerns about his frame and his ability, how, how many years he'll have. Yao Ming only played eight. Okay. so. Chet Holgram has already missed one year. Embiid missed his first two years. These are all guys we could compare him to. You know, in a draft like that, would you trade the second pick if you could get two starters for it? If you could get two assets? No, you got to gamble. I, I think you got to gamble on Scoot, in my opinion. I want Scoot. I, I understand Brandon Miller. I think he's going to be solid, but you got to take one of those two guys. Okay. I, I don't think you're trading for him because you're not going to. The last get... time they picked second in a draft like this, where Anthony Davis was the number one pick, they took Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Listen, this was this is reminiscent of when the Knicks had the third pick when there's when it's Ja and it's Zion and they're left with RJ Barrett. The fall off in an NBA draft is astronomical. But you got to you got to shoot a shot and maybe one of these guys maybe this is how he gets fired up to go to the gym and shoot a thousand shots a day so he can beat, you know, the, the invisible Jordan great player, but he's got to be who you take or one of these two guys you got to gamble on. We're moving on. You know about the breeze through at the arena and their ice cold local craft beer selection. They got crowlers and growlers and they got coffee. So good. You know, I love the coffee, but there's more to the breeze through. They got 17 locations in North Carolina. You're never too far away from Breeze Through fueling your next commute, road trip, tailgate, or adventure. Hey, they're on Pool Road in Raleigh. We can, if you're going over to Walnut Creek for a couple shows, check them out. They're also in Cary, Apex, Smithfield, Garner, also Pittsburgh, Hillsboro. Like I'm telling you, you name it, going out to the mountains, Lenora, or Blowing Rock, the Breeze Through crew has you covered no matter where your summer plans take you. Maybe I don't understand how Hall of Fame voting works, but I do know this. The Butcher's Market has the best meat selection in the triangle. It's not even close. Check them out at thebutchersmarkets.com. They got great steaks, marinated chickens. They make their own hot dogs, sausage, bacon, you name it. Sign up for the Steak of the Month membership and get a fresh, never-frozen hand-cut steak each month from July through December. First one of July, which will be here just in time for your cookouts, 24-ounce T-bone. They got locations in Raleigh, Cary, Holly Springs, Go check them out at thebutchersmarkets.com. Man, I love the NBA draft, and I cannot wait for those rookie cards to come out. Those Wembenyama cards are going to be like lottery tickets. When they're here, Weston at Oak City Sports Cards is going to have them. Go check them out at oakcitycards.com or go in downtown Raleigh. Go to the shop. I appreciate everyone who has gone there, and they've mentioned this ad from the podcast. One of our listeners, Jeffrey, actually DM'd me and said, hey, went to Oak City. I got some autograph cards graded. That's a smart move because to get the best value for your cards, you have to get them graded. 
And Weston is the man to trust. And to help you, I got a fair deal from Weston. I promise he'll do the same for you. Check him out at oakcitycards.com or go visit him downtown Raleigh off of Glenwood Avenue. All right, there was one story that we missed from last week that I wanted to get to because there's soccer fans out there. Now, I'm not a soccer expert. I enjoy soccer, but I'm not a soccer expert. My next guest on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline, though, Cal Toscano. Cal, explain this to me like I'm five, as Joe Vias likes to say. <laughs> Greg Berhalter was the head coach of USA. So yes. He was in the yeah. World Cup. They reached the round of 16. You get to the knockout round, that's pretty good, especially for the U.S. and their history. And then he was sort of, kind of, sort of fired. But now he's the coach again? Again, I, I don't understand <laughs> the sequence of events. There was an investigation. There was an allegation. There was uh, a complicated relationship with Claudio yeah. Reyna and his son, Gio. So, all right. The bottom line, though, is the guy who was the head coach of U.S. soccer is now, again, the head coach of U.S. soccer. Am, am I getting this right? Yes, but I think it's it's valid to start with kind of the, the allegation, the investigations okay. um, there, because, you know, Greg Berhalter is, is a capable coach. Um, he's a capable manager. He's managed in Europe, managed very successfully in MLS with the Columbus crew. Um, so we can we can kind of get to the debate about managers later. Um, but for, you know, like you, you brought up the investigation with Gio Reyna in particular, um, for those of you who might not know, Gio Reyna, um, is a pretty young, very capable midfielder who plays for Dortmund, uh, in the Bundesliga, which is the German league. Um, definitely a piece of young U S players, um, you know, coming, coming to, uh, the forefront in European clubs. Um, so, you know, very important part of the side. And uh, Berhalter and him were getting in altercations, uh, verbal altercations during the World Cup, as you mentioned, um, Joe. And so, you know, that kind of, you know, made things a little iffy uh, in terms of the relationship between the players during the World Cup. Um, So, you know, that that was complicated. And he was briefly investigated for, you know, domestic abuse, which ended up being kind of a smokescreen. But, um, you know, definitely a, a little bit of a controversial manager, for sure. All right, so this is a team that struggled to score goals. Gio Reyna is a guy who can help your team score goals and generate offense, but he didn't yeah. play in part because Greg Borholter basically said he wasn't in good shape, right? Or he just didn't come out and say that. I think it's part of the problem. The issue was more, at least from what reporting indicated, that he was concerned about Gio's attitude uh, and his <laughs> work ethic as opposed to whether or not he was... Uh, in shape, especially because the season, the World Cup for like for the first time ever happened during the middle of the European season. So his form was fine. He just wasn't getting the touches and the minutes that he wanted. Uh, and so, you know, he pushed back on that a little bit. And uh, Berhalter was not happy with that as far as as far as what we know. So but, but you know, clearly really, the U.S. Soccer Federation though. wasn't concerned about that enough not to renew his contract um, at the beginning of this month. So. You know, that's an indication that probably wasn't as big of a deal as some folks might have made it, but he's still, he's still controversial. But that's his relationship with Reyna. The, the, the relationship with Pusilic is the reason that he's probably still the head coach, right? I would say probably, yeah. Okay. Christian Pulisic, you know, loves Greg Berhalter. He's been on the national team almost the entire time that uh, Berhalter has been the manager. Um, and so, you know, that relationship is huge. And Pulisic's not, the, he's not the captain. But in the eyes of, I think maybe even Berhalter, 
and you know the american fans he he is kind of the captain even though tyler adams um gets more you know caps as the actual captain so you know the role that um christian plays on the team is so important and the fact that they have that great relationship that's definitely a huge reason why berhalter came back so. i'm a soccer novice cal and cal toscano I'm going to start calling this calculus with Cal because I feel like you're a numbers guy <laughs> after my own heart. I love numbers. Calculus with Cal. Um, I'm a soccer novice. So we just had the World Cup in 22. It's 23. All right. So what's next? Because now Berhalter's going to be the coach. They have to qualify yes. all those good things. But what's next? And when do I need to get locked in again? for 26 <laughs> when do i need to start paying attention again and, and be ready to be disappointed again by u.s soccer the the best thing about soccer football whatever you want to call it is it doesn't ever end and so the amount that you want to be interested in it is is totally like up to you and the cycle just keeps going so for example like the u.s just got done with um what's called nations league and it's it's not quite a, a they hammer mexico yeah exactly so yeah. you know all the North American nations and Central American nations are included in that kind of compete within a federation called CONCACAF and the U S just like steamrolled the competition this year. Um, especially the, the highlights, uh, against Mexico went viral because we, we played, we played very, very well, but Berhalter um, wasn't the coach for that game, right? He was not. Okay. No. And that's, <laughs> it's a little interesting. Be the because, coach. You know, he, he's just tough against, it, the, the, the thing with Burhalter, the fundamental question is, can he hold up against top 16 competition? Because right now the U.S. is ranked 13th okay. by FIFA over, over like every, out of every single country in the world, the U.S. is 13th. So, you know, when you go into the round of 16 and lose 3-1 to the Netherlands in, in a game that we, we that goal was miraculous. We got we got not. We lost bad. So can he hold up? Right. That's the question. Um, and we're actually ranked higher than Mexico right now. So, you know, even though there are rivals, it's not really a test. You know what I mean? Bottom line, they did the right thing, bringing Greg Berhalter back. Yes or no? Yes. Purely because the fact that we qualified for the World Cup in 2022 was big because we didn't qualify in 2018. Right. And right. it was a whole thing, was, you know, 32 years or something like that where we had qualified for him. So the fact that we qualified was big. The fact that the players like him is big. And, you know, it was either him or Jesse Marsh, who was the, the coach at, you know, in the Premier League for Leeds United, um, who is kind of more of a celebrity American manager, especially because he's popular in England. But I think bringing back an American who knows the team, who's a good locker room guy, regardless of this, you know, thing with Gio Reyna, um, who is liked by the players and who has the tactical capability to at least draw with England, right? Or beat Mexico or, you know, do decent against top 16 teams. I think as the as the, the side continues to age, as our players continue to age, because we were the second youngest squad at the World Cup, I think Burhalter could be a good option. But, you know, we need to, we, time will tell. We need to see. We can't just treat it like he's a permanent solution, I wouldn't say. But for the next three to four years into 2026, I think, I think he'll work. Yeah. All right, Cal. Next week, we're going to do this again. I'm going to give you an assignment. I want you to do some research on number one overall draft picks at quarterback, and I want you to do a, an assignment on quarterbacks who are six feet and under. How does that, that sound? You can fun. do that for me? 
Yeah, absolutely. That sounds fun. All right, let's do it again next Thursday. Calculus with Cal on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Appreciate your time, Cal. Thanks, Joe. Move on. Whether the Hornets take Brandon Miller or not, I know he's going to cash in at the NBA draft tonight. And I know who can help him find a home after he signs for millions. Hometown Realty. Check them out at myhdr.com. And for all of your real estate needs, residential, commercial, or even rental, Barry Woodard's team has more than 250 agents over six locations. They're in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Selma, and Atlantic Beach. Hey, if you're buying a house, if you're selling a house, go check them out. It's myhdr.com. Or you can always call them. It's 919-550-7355. And of course, once you buy that house, you're going to need a lawyer to close. And that's where Whitaker and Hamer come into play. Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, they have more than 20 years experience. And they can help you close on a house. They can help you start a business. They can help you sell a business. Anything that's family law related, Whitaker and Hamer are there for you. Check them out in Raleigh, Clayton, Fuquay, Moorhead City. And of course, all of the G's, Goldsboro, Gastonia, and Garner. They have the coolest URL you're ever going to find. It's wh.lawyer. I know, crazy, right? wh.lawyer. You can also try calling them. You do this the old-fashioned way. 919 7,000. Please. All right. Mac Brown had a summer press conference recently and didn't have time to get over there. But here's my question for you when it comes to Mac. And I'll play the clip for you because, but I want to preface all offseason Mac stuff with Mac is the absolute master in the offseason. He is the best there ever was to do it. You could talk about Bear Bryant being the best coach of all time. You could talk about Nick Saban being the best coach of all time. I don't, I don't, we could sit here and argue about all those things, things we cannot argue about. Mac Brown is the best college football coach ever in the offseason. Ever. I'd vote for him for political office. Master politician. He is a master communicator. He is unbelievable with people. Let me ask you a question before I play this, this Mac clip. If you did all of the things that you do at Oakwood Pizza, all the same, get all the ingredients, same sauce, same crust, same cheese, same beer selection, same wine selection, all of those things the same, but people come in and you're a dick to them. You think they're coming back? No, it's not to say the experience and how you feel is really what a restaurant is. So your communication skills and your ability to communicate and relate to people matters, right? Yeah, I don't know if I'm good at it, but Roger's really good at it. Okay, but yes, no, yeah, yeah. Well, you are good at it. There's a reason now, but what I'm getting at is as a restaurant owner, that's a positive. The people who want to criticize Mac Brown for being a great communicator in the offseason, I don't understand. Why is this a knock when people are like, oh, you fell for it again? And Obvious loves to give me this one all the time. I can't believe because the Sam Howells last year where they were preseason top 10. I'm like, they're going to win the ACC. I think they're going to be really good. And it turns out they weren't. But the truth of the matter is, I don't know if I was buying what Mac was selling. It was part of it. But I was also just looking at their schedule and I was looking at the quarterback that they had. And I should have paid more attention to their offensive line. I didn't. But the truth of the matter is, Mac is superb at selling his team. I don't understand why that is seen as a negative. It's not a negative. He's selling to recruits. He's selling to coaches. He's selling to fan base. He's selling to all of that stuff. Which matters at Carolina. 
Absolutely. Because what, they, years, they what, years, what years were you at Carolina? Oh, I caught year, uh, the last year of bunting. Okay. Oh, God. In the South, that South Florida game earlier in that year, South Florida at the time was a top 20 program. Yep. And I remember the place being empty. And I remember that being the day where Dick Bador was like, we can't do this anymore. No, it was the, the, the fan base was despondent. It yeah. was just for one of their own. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, I mean, obviously they weren't gangbusters. No. But they had moderate success. They had some, they had some memorable players. Yeah, the fun thing is not so good. <laughs> not so not yeah, so but, good. It, but it was I in got, line got, with NC State. It was in line with the basically their football history. Twitter, Twitter got after us about well, got after me about my mentioning of a certain football coach you can that say comes it. it's after. Fine. It's fine. Just say I don't it. understand. I, you don't have any. Do you have not? Do you not know of any of our no I history? Don't, I don't know your history with him. Oh, I don't. Okay. Pardon my ignorance. That's fine. All I'm saying is that guy changed <laughs> the campus. Looked at football differently. There was different energy. Different players came on. Different caliber of assistant coaches came in. The program changed. All right. So this was the clip from Mac that I wanted to get to because I saw this or I saw the quotes uh, shouts to Rod Baxley at the Fable Observer. I saw the quotes and I'm like, why does he keep saying quitting? And, and it's, I think it's part of the way that he turns information around on his competition because he's 71 years old. He wouldn't quit. He would retire. Right. But the way that he keeps saying quitting in my mind, I was like, he, he's trying to make a point here. So let's go to this. This is actually from uh, the TBD clip. Had Mac talking about what's going on in the offseason with. Um... A compliment I could ever have. Oh, let's go to the beginning. Quit. Sorry. Screw that one up. To, we'll be okay. And just about every recruit that comes in asked me if I'm going to quit because they said all the coaches recruiting against us say you're, you're quitting. And I said, uh, well, I haven't talked to any of them. And there were a number of them last year that said I was quitting that got fired. So they probably ought to worry more about their jobs than mine. And then I thought it's probably the best compliment I could ever have that they want me to quit. So that's a, I want to thank them. So I'm, I'm publicly thanking all of you all who are saying I'm going to quit uh, because it's a, it's a great compliment. I'm in better shape than I've been in 20 years. I'm working harder than I've been in 20 years. I'm really excited about where this program is and where it can go. All right. So that's Mac just about every recruit talking about. The anti-recruiting against him, right? And quitting. I don't understand this word quitting. Do you quit? Why would he quit? And I'm not. I'm not mocking him. I think he's saying it to make a point. Like I am not a quitter, right? Like Steve Spurrier quit on South Carolina, by the way, at a very similar age. All right, that's quitting. But at a certain point, you're like, what am I doing for Spurrier? What am I doing? I am a legendary coach. I got the visor. I'm going to take this visor yeah, to a golf the course. Season Get out. Out of finish here. the season out. But here's Mac, 71 years old. You would be retiring. That's all. Like I, I get there's a reality to other teams and probably NC State, probably Duke, probably Virginia Tech without saying it, uh, South Carolina, all of the schools that would recruit against him are probably saying like you're 71. If you're an 18-year-old kid, what are the chances that Mac is there by the end of your career? That's a real thing. It's been going on forever. Bobby Bowden, Joe Paterno, you name it, all these coaches. Nick Saban yes. is 70, I believe, at this point as well. He looks great for 70. It's the hair. It's the little Debbies, you know. And shouts to Mac, though. For, he said he lost 30 pounds. He does look good. It's not easy to lose 30 pounds at 71 years old, dude. Because yeah. you're not. it's not like you're doing burpees and up-downs. I mean, you got you to gotta make some changes there. So 
I think he looks good. I'm happy for him. Again, I like Mac Brown. I don't know why people use his ability to communicate and his people skills as some sort of negative. It's not. But that's not my question for you today as a Carolina grad. Mac Brown, 71 years old. Mac Brown 2.0 is now four years. He's 30 and 22 overall, 20 and 14 in the ACC. Nine and three against the big four. That's solid. Nine and three against Duke State and Wake Forest. Has an orange bowl asterisk from 20 and a division title last year. Finished in the top 25 once in the 20 year. They finished 18, which was the pandemic year. The recruiting classes, which everyone, you know, when they hire, slight backstory. Mac Brown's agent was the same agent for Dave Doran, Jordan Bazant, and ended up, Jordan now works for Fox. Okay. But at the time when Larry Fedora was in his last year, I talked to Jordan early after they got smoked by ECU. And he called me. He goes, what do you think about Mac coming back? I go, first thing I said to him, first thing out of my mouth. I said, why would you want to do that to Dave? He goes, oh, Dave will be fine. I go, you know what Mac's going to do when he gets there. He's going to be great with the media, and he's going to be great with recruits. Sure enough, here's his recruiting glasses. We'll start in 20. 14, 21. 14 in the country. 22, 11 in the country, and then this year's group was 30th. I mean, you can't ask for much more out of his return than that. What do you, what do, how do you assess Mac 2.0? Now listen, I'm I'm thankful that Mac doesn't run around shirtless like the uh, the previous UNC coach. Well, he could. Uh, and now could. he could down thirty, down thirty pounds, <laughs> down thirty pounds. Shred. No, listen. To be honest, it's UNC football. I think I look at football the same way everybody at Carolina does. Give me some good players. Let's have some moments. But like, keep the program clean. Get some talent on campus. And once every few years, let's try to strike at the top. Seven and six, eight and four, six and seven, nine and five. That's four years with an NFL quarterback. Now, if I was talking about NC State right now, I wouldn't be happy overall with those numbers. Now, here comes the Carolina side would be, yeah, but what were they before he got there? And that's fair. But at some point, you can't just be like, well, we're better than a crappy two and nine or three and nine team. At some point, you have to get over that. Yeah, but the, the NC State approach here is like, all right, let's fire him. And bring in who, right? Oh, man, I'm a don't big... start with that because I hate it when people... And then no, this no, has no, nothing no. to do I, with I, I am the a... current situation. I just hate it when people are like, well, who are you going to get? Okay, well, your job is to make pizza, right? Yes. And you are outstanding at figuring out what sauce to get. I don't know what tomatoes to use, but you do. You know why? Because it's your effing job. If it was my job to hire a football coach, do you know what I would know? I would know to who to hire. Yeah, but so don't give me... oh. But who are you going to go get? Because that's such a defeatist attitude. That is such a defeatist attitude. Just accept who you are and take this crap sandwich and eat it. No, don't say that shit. That does not fly. No, my point is not that. You have to compete with SEC money in order to go get Oh, there's get a whole more. new reality now. Yeah. This is it, So it's just... That's the pros, and then ACC is in the next league down or possibly two leagues down from that. It's just a different quantity of money. If you're going to say, okay, we're not winning, you know, we're not nationally right, we're not top 10, the money that Michigan spends and makes off of football is just different than the money that we're going to have at Carolina. Now, 
I would go get somebody like Deion Sanders, who is an absolute promoter and absolutely builds a brand. The next generation of Mac, maybe. Yes. I, I would have Deion. Me personally, I, I had this discussion. This came up. If I was at some state fans got really mad at me because they were talking about at the bar. I was like, I would go get when Dion was looking to leave. I'd go get a guy like Dion and bring him to state. Break it up, like bring a circus, bring your guys, bring your Louis, pack your bags. I'm ready. I'm coming. Let's go. Make money, fill the stadium up, spring games. Let's go. Because that's the best possible outcome. And potentially you can get enough recruits if you drum it up enough that you can strike a couple of years and try to get into the top 15, top 10, possibly win the ACC. But it's just a huge chasm to get across. And it's not just a coach. Bill Belichick, are you getting Bill Belichick? Who we get? Like, what, what's going to happen? Because it's a coach, and then it's an absolute ton well, of I money. Think all, I think all of the teams in the state are in the same boat for a reason. There aren't enough good players in this state for all these teams to be at a level. Now you add Clemson and Georgia and Alabama and whoever else come in and get the top players in the state when they want them. Yeah, now, and now, to your on. point, maybe it would be Ohio State and Michigan who are going to come in here because of the money that they have because now NIL is a real, I mean, it was real before paying recruits was real before, but it's even more pronounced now. Oh, you, you have a great wide, you're a great wide receiver. Here we, we are. Just saw this. Our, Rogers. Come on. Are you going, where are you going? It's going to Ohio state. Oh, absolutely. State recruited him like out of the womb and they uh, couldn't get him. <laughs> I was going to say it's easy. I'm going to go win that same room, that Ohio state wide receiver yeah. room. I don't know. They what just put they're... three guys in the first round. And the the best one on the team isn't even eligible for the draft until next year. Right. I would donate. I would donate draft picks now. Four in the last two years. The four first round picks in the last two years. Marvin Harrison Jr. is is. I here. Take take whatever you want. I'll take him now. I'll sign him right now. Whatever. That guy's and that's the best guy in the room. And everyone else. And Gary Wilson for the Jets is phenomenal. But if you're a big time player, you go to a big time school. Max seventy one. His contract runs through twenty seven. You think he gets to the end of his contract? It's 23 right now. No. I don't think so either. No. Is, why is that a bad... Like It's not bad. That's not a bad thing, though. No. Max, the ultimate CEO. Absolutely. Like, I, I think that he's in a position this time around. You know, last time when he left, he got him to the top 10, and Texas came calling, and he couldn't turn it down. Couldn't. No, because that's the big-time money. Yes. That's, that's the big-time... And time. it was a chance for him to win the national championship, which Absolutely. he did, by the way. No, so uh, this, but this time around, he's in a position where he could set Carolina football up, even if he doesn't coach through twenty-seven. This is not a. This is this is almost like Shashevsky, right? As much as Carolina fans hated the Shashevsky model. Oh come on! I don't know about that. Yeah, we're going too far. Bridge too far. Why? This is, I'm just saying, in the sense that Shashevsky was call able it the to Roy set up Williams a model. I mean, we had a succession plan at Carolina. I mean, we had a bunch of Carolina guys on the bench. We guys take the job. Like, come on, it's, it's more Roy than Coach K's model. I don't know about that. Come on now. Which one? Well, while while we're there, we might as well. Which one do you think is ultimately going to be more successful? Uh, I Shire is going to be more successful. I, I, I like what Shire's doing. Do you think it's in part because of the way that Shashevsky no. set up the plan, or do you think it's because of who Shire is? It's Shire the guy. Okay. Shire the guy would give up. I, I, I And not that Hubert is not. I, I love Hubert. I, I met him a few times. He's a great, great guy. Um, I actually spoke to his wife for a while. It was funny. The first time I ever went to, to campus, I spoke to his wife unknowingly. I was like, oh, my God, Hubert Davis is right there, and no one knows it. 
She's like, oh, you should talk to him. He's really nice. And I was like, I'm not talking to Uber Davis. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, a New York kid coming down. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's like a, a New York Nick legend here. This is cool as hell. Like, we're just in a store. Anyway, great guy. I love him. Shire's built for this. This is what Shire, Shire's going to lay it all he's out. He's younger, too. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I think he's, it's a great hire. What's up next? What's up next? Anthony, you're from New York. You're obviously a Yankee fan. I'm from New Jersey. I am also a Yankee fan. Yankees, I, I took a Yankees ticket at the beginning of the year. You're never going to get a good price on a Yankees ticket, of course, because they're the Yankees. But when they got Carlos Rodon from NC State, I was like, oh, this is it's going to be it. This is it. They fixed their pitching. They're going to win this thing after being close last year. Um, they're 41 and 33. They are nine and a half games behind of all teams, the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, if the playoffs were to start today, they would be in the wild card round. So they would be in the playoffs. But I, I think it's fair to say that they haven't exactly been running on all cylinders this season. We, we've talked about Steinbrenner Mojo and Big George, and we talk about owners and the pantheon of owners. George Steinbrenner is going to be way up there, even with some of his impetuous flaws, right? Because he was the ultimate, if I want it, I'm going to get it. I'm going to spend it. I'm going to make money. And I'm going to make sure that we win. Those championships didn't come for free. Okay. His son, Hal, is now in charge of the Yankees. And I'm slightly confused by his inability to understand how the world works. So <laughs> the Yankees, I mentioned they would be in the playoffs right now, but they're 41 and 33. They're, they're basically have been lapped by the Rays. And, and when you think about the Yankees recently too, who's the team that's been in their way? Not the Red Sox, but the Astros. And the Astros are struggling this year. So it almost feels like, and, and the Red Sox stink too. So it's like, you know, wait, wait, what is going on? Like, this is a chance, right? I've, I talk often about windows in other sports with the, with the Canes in particular, your windows open. The Yankees window is always open. I think, I think we understand that, <laughs> but this season has been a struggle and, and, and obviously Yankee fans breaking news, not the most patient in the history of the world are not exactly happy. So the, I, I just want to see how out of touch you think Hal Steinbrenner is. I'm going to play this clip. He was on with the Yes Network. So let's see what he said. Um, I don't know how much you monitor what's what's said on radio shows or on social media. But for some reason, I mean, your fan base, at least the vocal ones, Hal, very, very upset. They, they, they're just upset. I, I mean, have you heard that noise? Do you try to block it out? Does it affect you? Yeah, I don't look. I I, I want to know. You know, I talk to Jason Zillow a lot, and I talk to, to to different people. I don't listen to podcasts. I don't listen to radio shows. I don't read the papers much. Let's just I just don't. But I want to know what the what the vibe is out there, and I understand they're upset. I, I'm not. I'm a little confused this year, being uh, you know third week in June, why they're so upset. But they're upset, and that's going to get my attention, of course. And you know, everybody just needs to know that we're we're working hard on all fronts to get this, you know, to get this back on the rails and start playing the way we were for, you know, a couple week period there in May. But health has got to be a part of it. We we got to get Aaron back. You know, Rodon had a rehab outing. He felt great afterwards. 42 pitches, I believe. Uh, we got to get him into the mix. Um, we we got to get healthier. We got to get guys off the IL and put sending guys to the IL. That's that's one factor that needs to happen. All right. 
I could hear Obvious right now. He's on vacation. Uh, just relax. It's June 22nd. Take that, that's time. obvious. That's not the owner of the Yankees. How about Michael K being like, well, some of your fans, I don't, I don't get it. Like they're upset. Some of your fans, that's a call-in show. They call and freak out. <laughs> I'm freaking out. Mario Mendoza, the great, the creator, the inspiration of the Mendoza line, right? For those who don't know, the Mendoza line is the 200 batting average. The idea was he was such a bad hitter. He had to just try to get above 200. Great glove. Otherwise, they can't get him. Other. Mendoza might bat third right now for the Yankees. This is disturbing. Glaber Torres, 253. Rizzo, 266. Anthony Volpe hitting a fat 194. Come on. Jersey Josh kid, Donaldson, 133. John Carlos 196. Why are we mad? Show they ban the shift. Do we not have any approach to hitting? You can't ban the shift, right? And then do nothing to the batting average, right? Guys, you can't move around the field anymore. You can't have four outfielders on us. Okay, great. Can you hit somewhere? They can't even do it. We can't, we've not seen any right. Nobody's hitting the baseball. It's disturbing. That is not, this is terrible to watch. Do you want to go pay $500 a ticket? You got to watch Isaiah Kiner-Falefa play center field and hit 232? What is the payroll? This is, I, I don't know why they're upset at us. Well, Hal, let me tell you why. Watch the Watch the effing games. I know you don't want you don't read the papers. I get it. That's okay. a lie. I, I don't read the papers. Uh, you know, Michael, I just I just I call into your show. I don't know. They're upset. We're behind the Orioles. We're behind the Rays. The team is playing horrifically. I gotta watch Boone haphazardly get thrown out of every game. Get thrown out like Lou Pinella. Okay. When Lou Pinella got thrown out of a game, I said, you know what? That's that's how you go out. Throw the base. Throw something. Get into a fight. Do something real. He gets tossed out of the game, and it's always like, oh, cool. I get to go to Peter Luger's early tonight. Phenomenal. I'm going to beat the crowd out of the stadium. This is great. Come on. I don't know what's more infuriating, because I, I would expect from Hal from the ivory tower to be like, I don't understand why our fans are upset, as if you haven't been paying attention to Yankee baseball or the Yankee culture or your own father. You for grew your entire up here. Life. Aaron Boone would have been fired at least four times by now. He's got definitely go. at the end of last year. That would have fired his ass so quickly. You have to go. He's got to go. You got to change it. You got to go. <laughs> but no. Okay, cool. Because Brian Cashman really runs the team. And I understand that. The other part of this, though, is Michael K being like, well, some of you, as if you're not on a daily talk show in New York freaking city, like some of your fans are upset. I don't really get it. Well, then why are you on radio? If you don't get it, you shouldn't be on radio, period. Come on, Michael knows. He's just, <laughs> that's just kissing the ring there. He knows right. he signs his check. Which is which is lousy, in oh, my opinion. God, it's just okay to be nice. It. It's okay to be nice to the people who you have on your program. I get that. I, I've done some of that before. But not, not as egregious as he just did uh, with, oh, I mean, some of your fans, as if, you know, they're, they're, they're like Nebraska football and they're just chilling in Lincoln and, and worried about the strength coach. Now you're the Yankees, dude. You're the Yankees. Okay. You're in New York city. This is awful. There's 8 bazillion people there. They all want to get tickets and they all have all this money and you pay all this money and you expect excellence. As Mike Tomlin likes to say, the standard is the standard. 
for it, a reason. Except for Hal Steinberg. <laughs> well, I mean, because listen, he's just trying to clear money and make money off of what his dad did. And, and that's that's a thing, unfortunately, that exists in this country. The second generation generally, uh, pardon my French, fucks up the business. It almost always happens. Joe, I got tickets in right field. We're the first row. Me, my kids, the wife, we're doing it in Labor Day weekend. It's a Tuesday game. You know what I'm doing on Monday, Labor Day? U.S. Open. You know what I'm doing on Sunday? First base, first row, city field, right there. Me, Pete Alonzo, the kids. Kids said, we want to see a baseball game. Dad delivered. My wife's like, oh, I'd plan something for summer. Great. You know what we're doing? <laughs> Mets on Sunday. U.S. Open on Monday. Yeah, Flushing State. Meadows action. Oh, yeah. I'm pumped. Pumped. But, I, I mean, I'm going to be watching them. But, you know, I, I should have bought the tickets later because we're going to be – it's going to be a non-existent game. No one's going to be there. It's a mess. But I'm going to wait and be patient. Next topic, please. All right, it's time. This is going to require me, though. Uh, let's take a little break. Hang on. <laughs> we got time. I got to see if people gave us questions. Oh, we got some. All right. You need a bathroom or you're okay? I'm good. What happened to the Mendoza? Why did the Mendoza line go away? <laughs> Why is it acceptable to bat 133? Uh, I don't know. Oh, no. Okay. All right. Let's try one more time. All right, here's the portion of the program where you have questions. We have answers. It's a little something like we like to call, hey, Joe. And look at that. It's brought to you by Oakwood Pizza Box. Check them out on Person Street right there across from the world famous Krispy Kreme. Oakwood Pizza Box. Get your pizzas. Get the square pizza. Um, sorry. Don't mean to slander the circle, but get the square Order it early pizza. if you want it, though. Order it early. Order on oakwoodpizzabox.com. You can go in. Tell Anthony his Yankee takes are crazy. Tell him that his UNC football takes are even crazier. Do what you want to do. Go go check him out, though. Get the Narragansett on tap. It's always there. Yeah, it's cold. I don't know what you did to get that Narragansett so cold, but it's delicious. We try to go for the coldest beer in town. You're getting there. You're getting there. My guy at Shady's, my guy Josh at Shady's has a cooler that the bottles of beer are actually colder than your beer's. Really? Yes. Not what? not the Narragansett tap. It's different. Okay. Okay. okay I'll take you to well, Garner. People open people open the door too much. Exactly. People yeah. like me go in and help themselves, and they make a mess of your place. You just you gotta lock it up. All right. So we uh, as on the podcast version of the show, we only use real questions. So here I am. I'm going to present again. Look at this technology. I'm working. I'm working so hard for the reader right now. All right. Here we go. Hey, I saw need some questions. We got Chris and Raleigh. Hey, Joe, Anthony, have loved your family's food since the Bella Mia days. And Carrie, if your traditional pizza was an ACC basketball player, who would it be? Oh, that's tough. I need a timeout on that. That, that. If we were an ACC player, I mean, listen. I mean, I'm, is it the best of all time? Is it consistent? Is there a flash to it? I, so I, you have to figure out what your pizza is. One of my favorite ACC players all time. This is a this is a weird, this is kind of a controversial take. Not not okay. Ed Coda. I was going to say, you know who Ed, my favorite Carolina Ed player of all time is. Ed Coda was my guy. Uh, I grew up watching him throw alley oops all the time. 
So I, creative. Yeah. Well, I, not the not the flashiest, not the biggest, not the fastest, but smart. And yeah, we win games. Savvy. Knew what he was doing. Oh, yeah. All right. So Ed Cota is our answer there. Did you know that Ed Cota was my favorite Carolina no, player of all time? Really? Yeah. Why? For what you just said. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Well, I can appreciate I, a good shocked. basketball player. I pulled Ed Cota out, and you're like, no, that is my actual favorite character. That's I, weird. I've been on the record for that one before. Oh, really? All right, we got Kelly. Kelly is a big uh, Wake fan with a large Wake fan base. Now, large. Come on, Kelly. With a large Wake fan base in Raleigh, should Wake win the CWS? Will you create a special pizza in their honor for a limited time? By the way, huge fan. We order your pizza to go every Thursday night. All right, so... If Wake closes this thing out, and we're going to talk to Aaron Roundtree, or, we, or <laughs> I should say, in order of operations here, we already talked to Aaron Roundtree on this program. Uh, they lost to LSU, but they'll play them again, beat them. They head on to the final series to face Florida. So if Wake pulls this thing off, will you create a special pizza in the honor of the Demon Deacons? What would it, What would a Wake Forest pizza be? Expensive. Oh. Religious. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, the Deeks. Yeah. Baptists. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, plain. I mean, Kelly, I'm open. Uh, how about this? Kelly, thank you. A, thank you for coming in. B, uh, we love uh, we love Winston-Salem. It's my wife's favorite city for some reason. Or she tells me it's always... Is it, I've never heard this before. It, it is a great... Wait, where is your Where is Brett from? Uh, she lived in, uh, in Winston-Salem for a little while. She always says that, and we always have an argument about it. I'm like, okay, it's not a great American city. She classifies it as a great American. It's a the dash. It's a really <laughs> nice place. I like it a lot. It's on the come up. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, uh, but come on, great American city. I mean, oh wow, you know, New York, Chicago, Miami. You know, like great American cities: Charleston, Savannah. Not Winston Salem. Winston Salem. <laughs> No, no, but we, we're always a good fan. And I always like the Skip Prosser teams a lot, to be honest. So I'm a big fan. I hope they win. Uh, hit us back. And get, give me some suggestions here. On, All right, on she will. She will. All right, so uh, from our guy, Jim, it seems, that, it seems there was a missed opportunity to make a bigger deal of having the number one college baseball team come to the triangle play, NC State, Duke, and UNC. I remember hearing on the shows that Wake Forest was number no, number one, but not when they traveled to play in the triangle. Yeah, I, listen, college baseball is kind of weird in this area. Uh, I always equate this to when the hurricanes are hot, things that happen in the spring go to the background. So you got to remember when Carolina and Duke both, I'm mean, excuse me, when Carolina, look at that slip. Mm. When Carolina and State made it to Omaha in 13, the Canes were in the desert. They were in the wilderness. They were just beginning their 10-year stretch of not making the playoffs. But when the Canes get hot, they dominate the media landscape. And when in the last five years, I think you've seen college baseball has come here and the Canes have gone here. Like it's a, it's a, it's a zero sum game in my opinion. So the way that we talk about college baseball, just watching a little bit of wake, they got a lot of characters. They got a lot of fun players. Brock Wilkin, I think is a guy who people could have wrapped their arms around the same way they did Trey Turner, same way they did Carlos Rodon. It just so happened to be at a time when, the Canes were running hot, so I think. Why that's is the issue baseball there. bigger though? Great sport, great college sport too. Great to watch. Well, college baseball is a little bit like American soccer. It's not the top level, right? If, if you think about it, the best players every year out of high school, the top 
what, 10 or 20% goes to the minor leagues. So college baseball is not analogous to college football or college basketball because the best players in those sports, for the most part, basketball is, is changing. But for the most part, those best players from high school go to college football, go to college basketball. College baseball, you never really see Mike Trout, for example, who's supposed to go to ECU. Josh Hamilton, who's supposed to go to NC State. You never really see those guys because they go to the pros. Yeah, but you see Matt Harvey. You see Andrew Miller. We talked about this yesterday. Oh, there's good players. I mean, there's some great players. And they also go to the pros, generally speaking. You're going to see them play for your New York Yankees or your Baltimore Orioles or whoever else sooner because they are more mature. All right, we got Carter. Hey, Joe, any strong feelings on the SEC and ACC versus Big Ten dropping divisions and how each did it? For example, Big Ten emphasizes historic rivalries more. SEC is solely emphasizing competitive balance while the ACC is sort of between the two. I'm not going to lie to you. I have not seen what the Big Ten did with their model. I have not seen what the SEC has done with their model either. Obviously, I know what the ACC did. They adopted the model that I suggested eight years ago, uh, sprained my elbow, pats myself on the back. Uh, I don't, I think here's the problem. Why, while you're saying the Big Ten emphasizes historic rivalries, that's because the Big Ten has more historic rivalries. You're talking about teams that have been in a conference together for decades. In the ACC right now, like Louisville, Syracuse, Pitt, Miami, Virginia Tech, although less so Virginia Tech, like what real history do they have with say Wake Forest? What real history do they have with NC State? So I might I think you might be slightly overreacting to what the Big Ten is doing. The SEC right now they're staying at eight games. And I think they're gonna go to nine. I actually think they'll all go to ten, as we saw during the pandemic, and because that's what those TV sponsors, those those TV partners slash masters want. So you're gonna do what your master tells you to do. Well, There's got to be a I, lot more money in that. Correct. And that's why they'll do it. Uh, all right. So Alex asks, Hey, Joe, what has been the most surprising challenge of running the new podcast venture? Um, well, uh, I, I do consider myself a little bit of a spreadsheet person, a little bit of a math person. So uh, trying to figure out the books has been interesting. I've had some help along the way. Shouts to my guy, Pete, going to help me today a little bit. Uh, but not not that wouldn't be surprising. That's just more of like, hey, like, can you figure this out on your own? Most surprising might be this tech technology thing. Like, I was legit mad yesterday. I was sad. Yeah, I was. And now I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here, fingers crossed. Even though, because we did however many tests yesterday too. I hope this sounds great. I hope so too. So that has been that's been the biggest challenges. And 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 shouts to my guy Joe because he makes this stuff look really easy. And it's not. You like the format better? Yeah, absolutely. All the people that I talk to are like, this has been like, a, not, and it makes it sound like we sucked on radio when I don't think we sucked on radio. But there's, you have to do three hours every day. And a lot of what you do on radio is, yeah, if you, you've been in and you've done the show. And it's, a lot of yeah. it's formatted and a lot of it's chopped up. And like this actually allows you to sit here and talk about a, you know, have a conversation, maybe explore a point, maybe go off on a tangent a little bit. I also think when you get it down to about an hour, which is what this will be, you, you're you're a little bit snappier. You're also like doing what you want to do. As I like to tell Joe, we're not doing the same thing. We're we're doing the best parts of what we want to do. We're mm -hmm. just doing them in a more efficient manner without having to do all the other crap. So that's a good thing. All right, from Matthew, we've got: Is the Red Sox Yankees rivalry dead? No, I hate them. That was quick. They hate us. We hate each other. 
No, I, I, I think uh, I mean, it has changed. There's no doubt about that. Change, yeah, yeah. I, I wish Don Zimmer was still with us. I wish Pedro was around. I, I loved watching Manny do Manny stuff. Uh, even though I hated them. No, it's not dead. I mean, listen, the Yankees are only a few games up on them. You get a good series together, it'll be a real thing. I think the Yankees have to be good and the Red Sox have to be good. This has been a stretch where they've both been, you know, one's been up and one's been down. They haven't caught two at the top of the division games in a long time. You put those, they're great. Because the, the stadium's great. Go to Fenway and watch a game. They play too much, don't they? It hurts. 19 times a year, isn't that too much? Uh, yeah, it's too much. I mean, <laughs> I, I think we need to yeah. oversaturate the market a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they, isn't that what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Mark Cuban uh, yeah. NFL uh, scheduling theory. I agree with that. No, absolutely. Oversaturation. And the games were too long. That got cleaned up, though. These I games know. are fast. So maybe that's maybe that's a way to get some of this back a little bit. Yeah, I think so. And they both need to be they both need to be good. They need to be good. They need to be competitive games. This past weekend, what was the run differential in the series? It was disgusting. I also Yankees don't. Terrible. I also don't think you're ever going to get that moment from the early 2000s back, because at that point the Red Sox hadn't won it since 1918. Right? They yeah. hadn't won it. There was the curse. There was Babe Ruth. This whole thing. There was Aaron Boone's walk off. There was you know the ghosts will come out. The only the only memorable quote of Jeter's life. Just wait for the for the ghosts to come out, and they did. And then when when 04 happened, that changed a lot. And then the Red Sox have won it what three total times since. Yeah, I think they have yes, four total yeah. basically yeah. in our lifetimes. Yep. So that changes it, but also like that was running. You just mentioned all of the characters from then. Like it ran hot. Every rivalry is going to have periods where it runs hot, and that doesn't mean you can't get back to that portion. It it will run hot again at some point. But I think since then they've played too many times and they haven't had as many meaningful matchups. Yeah, you need the guy, you need the stars to 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 perform. You need Kurt Schilling and the fake sock. All right, let's end this with drunk guy on Utah Street. Be proud of me and my my Baltimore knowledge there. Do you have any explanation for the NC State Notre Dame football game being a noon kickoff? Thanks, one angry Wolfpack fan. Yeah, you got to remember that ESPN and ABC control. NC State ACC games when it, when Notre Dame plays on the road in the ACC that's an ABC ESPN ABC views the noon window as their second best window the 8 p.m. primetime number one their second slot is noon because it's a national broadcast and it's the one that goes out to everybody so believe it or not it's not punishment it's actually a prize. It's, it's actually, punishment. I don't. I don't care. The noon game is the worst game. That's a terrible game. Look at your state fandom. Look at you. No, that's not right. <laughs> Listen, NC State. We only have a few things. I love your pronoun usage now too. We yes, we <laughs> only have a few things to be excited about. The Notre Dame game is something to be excited about. It's hard to get psyched for a game when you got to wake up at 9.15, pack the, you know, get in the car and run to the stadium. It's their home What do you do? You grill what? Yes, I know. What Listen, are you grilling? I prefer that. Pancakes? I prefer that NC State would play their noon games in November. Yes, or even October. I wish all of this to September games were at night. I do. But that's not the reality of how the world works. So... Wow. But let's now, get as, mad at the world. Well, you could get mad like the year where they played like eight noon games in a row. I think it was 17 where they just ended up playing noon game after noon game after noon game. 
I go the other way because the last two years they've all been at night. And I'm like, hey, man, when I was there in November for the Boston College game, I was like, you know, what would be really nice right now is if this game was at noon, <laughs> not no late way. in the afternoon. No way. What there is your noon tailgate years. like? What's your noon tailgate setup? Because I mean, what's 48? The tailgate is the same every time. Now, Rand has a primo parking spot out in the woods. Okay. okay. And, he, and his, his buddy Bill has a truck, brings the grill. There's plenty of space. We go over there. It's shaded. So that's good for those, those noon games okay. when, it's, when it's crazy hot. So great spot. Shouts to Bill. But, but I'm 40, dude, I'm 48. Okay. What does that mean? Do you stop eating? No, what that means is. Do you is, stop living? No. The Florida State game, I haven't been that drunk in 15 years. And it takes me a good like two weeks to recover from something like that. That far as what the game was, what do you? What's in the cup? What there was, was there was fireball. There was oh, there was not, and and it wasn't the fake fireball. It was the real fireball, not the gas station fireball. There was too many beers. It was just the length of time. Like I'm a person who likes a nap, Anthony. I enjoy. I mean, I don't. <laughs> so I, I can't get out of the Carter Finley at two and drink till eight and think I'm going to be functional. That, that's not real no, life for I, me I, anymore. I what time are you getting in the stadium? though? let's walk. The, let's just walk this back. That so night, we got a noon kick. We got a noon kick. Oh, are you watching warm ups? You watch, what no. do you what do you watch? Well, you watch it depends anything? if I'm working or not. Like I went to a lot of games last year. Well, well, are we always working on the podcast? We're working well, around the clock. We, we are. We are, but okay. not that's not the same when you don't have to write. Okay. So I did have to write for the home games last year, but not all of them. I did take off for that Florida State game because my friend, my high school friends, Mike and Rob came into town. So we went over to the stadium and tore it up. Okay. So I can't do that on the regular is what I'm saying to you. Okay. So I probably can't even do that once a year. That should be like a once every five year thing. The noon kick is terrible because you got to, you got to be in there a little early, right? You're not going to show up at noon on the dot. I would prefer the Marshall game was at noon. Yes. But I understand why ESPN ABC put the game at noon. Does this, this help state at all though? Like, does this exposure? When you're a you, national, it's a national broadcast versus, I mean, it's 2023. What helps at this point? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. The paradigm has shifted, right? Yeah. What do recruits care about? Do they care about Notre Dame? We got Brandon Miller, you know, MF and Michael Jordan before he gets drafted by Michael Jordan. Like, what do what do youths care about at this point? I don't know. I do not have those answers for you. Like, does a recruit care if the game's at noon? I don't know. Do they care if it's on national TV? I don't know. Does Notre Dame get recruits because they're on NBC? Let me ask you a serious question. Do you do you have Hulu? No, you have YouTube. YouTube TV. Okay, so you have YouTube. Do you actually like know what channel anything's on, or does YouTube tell you where the game is and go watch it? Uh, it's all alphabetical. Shouts to YouTube. I appreciate the alphabetical listing by the event, not by like the channel. No, by the channel. Oh, okay. So ABC. So you still know a- channels then? Well, like I have Hulu. I have no idea what channel anything is on because it puts a picture up on my little home screen that says, here's the U.S. Open. And I click on the picture that says U.S. Open. I have no idea what channel it's on. Not a single clue. That's an interesting point. No, uh, sometimes you got to dig for it, especially ACC Network or something like that. You, you just gotta, said it was alphabetical. Yeah, it is. But I mean, you got to go digging <laughs> in the, the, the guide listing. It's not on like one of the top little blobs up top. It's alphabetical, so it's real quick. It's like a double tap. Bang, bang. We're in. We're going. I don't know. Are you, what do you think? You're, you're good? You're coming back? What are we gonna do? I could come. I, I could come back I, as long as there's no echo. I mean, I need to make sure that my sound is correct. All right, we're working on it. We got some wireless mics on the way too for our next pizza with my peeps. Are they going to now? Hang on one second. Is NC State going to win this noon kickoff game against Notre Dame? 
And do you always bet the under in the first half of a noon game? Because who the hell is ready to play at two? <laughs> I o'clock? think NC State is going to beat Notre Dame this year. I do not. I do not. Notre Dame is pretty good. Yeah. The problem that the problem I think Notre Dame's won twenty eight straight games against ACC teams in the regular season. They lost to Clemson in the championship game in the pandemic here, and they've won all of the games that they played in the regular season. They basically have won, including a game against Clemson up at uh, under the under the touchdown Jesus there. Notre Dame is stronger on offense and defensive line than every program in the ACC, including Clemson. Every program. So when they play them, they dominate them up front and teams in the ACC aren't used to playing smash mouth teams anymore. Boston College was like the last remnant of what we would consider a smash mouth team. So should we fire the coach? Everywhere or? Every coach in the ACC. (laughs) Well, they can't beat Notre Dame. So... (laughs) That that's you would have to fire everyone because nobody can beat them, even Dabo. Well, listen, I think that they could come eat pizza. The offensive line, let's talk about it. Defensive line, let's talk about. It. Let's get a square pizza. Let's hit the gym afterwards. My brothers are both uh, they're monsters. Work out, you know. Come see Anthony. The family take care of you. Let's get let's win the offensive line battles here. Go check them out, Anthony Guerra, Oakwood Pizza Box, OakwoodPizzaBox.com. Order yeah. your pizza online. Yeah, it's easier. All right, I'm coming in for my square on Friday. I'll see you there. Thank you, guys. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.